Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. Today, Jeremy has a great guest on, and that is Marsha Mantell. Good morning, Jeremy. How are you? Doing very well, thanks. How are you doing, Eric? I'm excited. You've got a guest, and uh, it's fun, which, which makes my job super easy because you have <laughs> incredible conversation skills, and you brought her on for a very specific reason. I know, and I get to learn that just alongside the audience. But how did you get connected with Marsha? That's my first question. Yeah, well, you you know me, Eric. You know I'm always reading, always trying to learn different things mm -hmm. about uh, retirement planning, Social Security, tax planning, all kinds of things. Uh, reading this great uh, magazine, this great article pops up. It's called Making Smarter Decisions is Critical to Mitigating Retirement Risks Women Face, mm. which I think is pretty advisor-focused uh, there. Uh, there's a lot of big words, but that yeah. just shows how smart Marsha is, uh, and we love that. <laughs> but I read the article, I thought, this is gold. I just Whoever's uh, author is knows what they're talking about. So I reached out to her on LinkedIn, we scheduled a call because I just wanted to learn more uh, about her, and... She agreed to be on our on our show, and the, the thought here with the podcast are we're telling this one making smarter decisions to improve Social Security for women, and that's nice. that's great. Let's have her on and and try to get Social Security to do even better things uh, for the women out there. Yeah, and and I will tell you, I'll just jump in before we we bring Marsha on um, that this is something I just faced a couple days ago because I had I was I'm I've been learning from you for a while. But delaying Social Security, and I know you'll probably touch on that today, but that's something that I hadn't thought of for my mother-in-law. And so we reached out, and unfortunately, she started taking her Social Security pretty much day one, and that was a couple of years ago because I completely forgot. Mm -hmm. I forgot how old she was. Don't tell her I said that. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> but, she's, yeah. she's, she's young then. That's great. Yeah, exactly. But I, I was like, doggone it all, because she didn't need to take it early. She didn't need to take mm -hmm. it. She could have delayed and, and actually gotten some benefit from delaying. So I'll, I'll let you get Marsha on the show here and, and let you guys do the thing, but it's interesting that this came up today. Yeah. Well, it just shows how important the planning is ahead of time yeah. uh, for you. We, I like to say at least that the 82-year-old widows out there are living on the Social Security decision of their 62-year-old husband, you know, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And so it just shows how important it is. So let's just bring the expert on. We've got Marsha on the line. Uh, do you mind, Marsha, just, just tell us a little bit about uh, who you are and what you do. Oh, Jeremy, thank you so much for inviting me on. And Eric, I love that story. But sorry to hear mom-in-law claimed a little bit earlier. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I am. I'm Marsha Mantell. I have been uh, running my own business for the last 15 years, all about retirement. So I help financial advisors, I help consumers, and I work with large financial firms on their retirement planning, on how to bring retirement income planning and retirement planning uh, more to the people who need it, which are those of us who are going to retire. So I've written a couple of books, I write a blog, and in general, I love everything about retirement and try to bring it to life. Yeah, well, that's how we connected uh, so incredibly well, because uh, definitely uh, we take an education focus, and I could tell that from the start, uh, reading the article, talking with you. Uh, do you mind just sharing with me? You've got a couple websites, a couple books that are out there. We'll get them in the show notes, but I just, uh, just wanted you to tell us uh, how people can, can find you there. Oh, well, thank you. Yes. Um, I've been blogging for quite a while, uh, and I have a blog I call Boomer Retirement Briefs. So boomerretirementbriefs.com. And that's where um, you can read about what some other baby boomers or anyone really 50 and older who's thinking about retirement, you know, what creative and interesting things are boomers doing? 
plus there's a lot of social security information in there. And then my books are What's the Deal with Retirement Planning for Women and What's the Deal with Social Security for Women. And while mm-hmm. these books are not only for women, um, the, the stories and, and making them relatable, it's very hard when you use generic words. Um, so I use real examples, real people, and real situations that focus or lead in, if you will, with women. Yeah. So yeah, well, thanks for asking. Yeah, I love I love hearing that, and it seems like every time you meet a couple, there's always one that takes the financial reins, like it's just their thing, and they they go for it. And yes. if you just had to pick a stereotype, you would stereotype that it's the the man that does it, it's the husband, and sometimes yes. the the wife doesn't quite um, get the focus or, or take the focus on the the financial part of it. And I think that stereotypes actually changing. You know, when I when I talk to people that are younger and they're their 50s or so i think that's starting mm-hmm. to change which is a, a good thing but just love the idea that uh, finances affect women even more than men because they're around longer so good for you for <laughs> pointing out a lot of these different things that women need to be be looking at they really do and you know you bring up such an interesting reality between couples in long-time married couples you know there's a real trust that has been built between this married couple and it, it's just not so easy, you know, when, when the husband is maybe so confident and so sure, no, not necessarily right, but so sure mm-hmm. <laughs> of the decisions, you know, um, the wife is not always in a position where she feels she needs to challenge that. I mean, he's provided mm-hmm. well or they've, however they've worked their marriage to make it work and last, you know, it's built on that foundation of trust. So, it, it isn't about questioning, you know, in a, in a bad way what your husband is thinking, but it is about understanding the implications because mm-hmm. he is making financial decisions and they will affect her in the long run. And you're right, you know, women, women just, I don't know why, Jeremy, but we just live longer than the guys. Um, mm-hmm. My husband has his own personal theory, you know, he, <laughs> he thinks we're going to drive women, drive their husbands to the grave earlier, but um <laughs> You know, he's just so funny. But we do. I mean, and it's been forever that women live longer. And it's Mm -hmm. a long, long time. On average, women who make it to 65 today will live till 89. And that means half of us will live to 89 or longer. Okay, the other half didn't. But further, 25% of us will live till 95. Oh, amazing. So that is a really long planning horizon. And if you're going to be living a long time, you need to eat. You need to pay your taxes. You know, you, you need to have a roof over your head. You need to shop. So you need money. Where's yeah. it going to come from? Absolutely. Well, even too, uh, it seems like the average husband is a few years older than the average wife. So you add on that yeah. just the age difference plus then the longevity difference means it's such a huge, uh, huge deal for these ladies. It, it really is. Anywhere from you know, on average, seven to 10 years where, you know, she's living on her own. Now, mm-hmm. maybe that would be fun if you were 40. But we're talking about <laughs> living on your own in your 90s. Yeah, you know, so it's a very different equation. And, and we need to embrace that possibility. Yeah, um, that, and plan for it, you know, uh, plan for and, it yeah. ahead of time. The three things you exactly. mentioned in the article, which I uh, love for people to, to know, were called mm-hmm. the uh, the wage gap, the mom gap, and the widow gap. Uh, could you just talk about how each yeah. of those affect uh, affect women? Sure. Um, 
the wage gap is, I think, pretty common to, to most of us. And that is when you look at the same jobs, like jobs, uh, men tend to be paid higher than women doing the same job. For white women, it's about, we get paid about um, 82% of the same, for the same job, 82 cents on the dollar. African-American and Hispanic women, it's 63 cents on the dollar. So we're talking about just when you start out and then all along your career, women are getting paid less for the same job doing the same kinds of work as their peers in, uh, in the, of the men. So that means there's less money to spend all along the way, and there's less money to save. It also speaks to, and this is one of the things most people don't know about Social Security, in order to get your benefit, Social Security is going to do a calculation, and it's based on your personal earnings. So when you're earning less all the way through your career, your calculated benefit at retirement is going to be less. It just, mm-hmm. it's simp- really quite simple math. So it's less in means less out. And that's the implication yeah. of the wage gap. Right. Well, the chart you had in the, the book there that showed mm-hmm. at least a 10% difference on average. Yeah, that's best case is a 10% difference. Yeah, 10% less. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, wow. it has serious ramifications throughout your earnings years and your retirement years. Mm-hmm. Um, the mom gap is a little bit different. And, and the mom gap that I talk about, I talk about that in popcorn careers. For many of us moms, we bounce in and out of between career and family. Sometimes it's by choice. Sometimes it's because it's necessary. And what this is, is once a woman has a child or multiple children, becomes a mom, family comes first. And it takes different paths depending on what your opportunities are and what your children need and what your family needs. So the mom gap is when you, you know, take time off to be home, to raise either to, to bond longer with your babies, to, you know, a lot of moms wait until kindergarten. It's like, okay, we're going to have children. We'll have two or three children in a pretty short period of time. And I'll take that time out of work until we get them into school. Well, when you're out of work, that means you're earning zero. And again, going back to what Social Security is going to base your benefit on, if there is no money, no earnings listed, those zeros go into the equation. But you take, you know, five, six, seven years out when your kids are little, then maybe you return to work, but you don't return at the same salary. But then you come out when you have teenagers because they need to you know, learn to drive and all the things that teenagers go through. You know, moms are very often home during that era. And then maybe they go back to work part-time, or maybe they don't, um, or maybe they need to care give for an elderly parent or an elderly aunt or uncle. So it's women who are moving in and out of the career and creating this mom gap that because Social Security's formula is very, very straightforward, it's earnings in, determine, payout benefits later. When there are mm-hmm. no dollars in, you know, it just really reduces your benefit payment and significantly. Yeah. So that's well, it's the 35 gap. years. Yeah, you got 35, 35 years. years. You got some right. zeros in there. It, it does. It hurts you. It doesn't help you. You just described it, basically my my family situation. My my wife oh. uh, chose to stop working with you know supporting her either way, uh, but she mm-hmm. chose to stop working when our uh, oldest is born. Our youngest now is getting to kindergarten. So even if she goes back this specific year, that's uh, nine years out of the workforce. 
you know, chances I'll be yeah. maybe next year. So that's that's 10 years total of zeros uh, for her. Right. So she'll either, yeah. and she can make them up. So, I mean, it's not quite cast in stone. But, you know, we, we just don't realize that we're making a financial decision when we choose to stay home with our children. What we mm-hmm. know is we're losing our immediate paycheck. Right. So yeah. whatever she was doing before that brought in an income, we're willing to work on that. OK, I'm going to stop the paycheck and we can make some trade offs maybe or, you know, or it works fine for us to just live on one salary. Mm-hmm. And it's so important for moms to be home with their children. You know, when, when you have that opportunity, it's just a golden opportunity. But we also need to. And it goes back to your comment, Jeremy, about planning you don't just plan for the loss of income in the, the current era. It's loss of income in retirement as well. Mm-hmm. And so long as you go in with your eyes wide open, you know, look, lots of families make this decision. It's, it's all good. But what ends up happening, what I see in the work that I do is these moms who did exactly what your wife is doing, all of a sudden at 62, 63, 64, they pull down their social security statement for the first time and look at it and are stunned. It's like, mm-hmm. wait, wait, what what happened to all my money? Well, right. you have 15 years of zeros all in and you can continue to work longer and you replace some of those zeros. But it is very hard at age 60 to make up 15 zeros with real earnings. You know, in wow. fact, it's generally not possible. And you can, there's some, there's ways you can go and model that on Social Security's website. I'll make sure we get that in the show notes too. Yes. So you can take, uh, how is this going to affect you? Um, I do uh, like what you mentioned there about taking care of elderly parents. Because a lot of people think about in the mom gap of you're going to take care of the young kids. But it just seems like uh, a lot of society, a lot of families expect, well, if, you know, 85, 90 year old uh, mom and dad has trouble, it's usually not uh, the son that takes care of them. It's oftentimes it's the, the daughter uh, that adjusts yeah. her career to help out with the, with the parents. That seems to be uh, more often than not. Yeah, it, it has for, I would say, for centuries. It, it's just part of that nurturing. Um, mm-hmm. Not that men don't play this role, um, but it is very funny in my family. I'm the oldest and I'm the daughter. And I have a, mm-hmm. a younger brother, and he was very quick to say, hey, Marsha, if mom and dad need help, I'm fully supporting you. You know, <laughs> Thanks. so. Thanks, yeah, Exactly. It's like, oh, my brother just appointed me to be the caregiver should yeah. the need arise. But it, it, it is a little bit more of a natural progression of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just happens. But if I had to step off my career you know, especially yeah. in those later years, sometimes your, they are your biggest earnings years in, in some right. cases, not all. You know, so you are making a financial decision on your own retirement in order to fulfill your obligation to your parents or an elderly relative. For sure. Well, when you said this mom gap, uh, you calculated the mom gap at 14% of a loss. That's kind of a, a scenario. So Losing and that's only perhaps. if you, yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt. That's only if you stay out of work for five years. Just five years. That's my goodness. Just five years. Yeah. So it goes wow. up from there if you're that in and out mom. Um, yep. Yeah. It can it can end up closer to twenty five to thirty percent less sure. in social security income if you do the popcorn if you're in and out because of family obligations. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, then the last one, the the widow gap, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but uh, tell us about what the the widow gap might be. Yeah, yeah, the widow gap is the result of the decisions your husband has made. 
So what's important to know about Social Security is, it's interesting, I'm writing another article right now about Social Security's turning 85 in August. And when Social Security first passed in 1935, it was protection for workers. Well, by and large, in 1935, women were not workers. So it just protected the man. It didn't protect his wife, though, if he were to die. So it took a few more years, and then it's called the 1939 Amendments brought in, and Congress recognized that, oh, we can't leave you know 80-year-old widows out there with no yeah. security, no safety net. So it took a few years, but it, it came into play that widows would be covered by Social Security if their husband predeceased them. So um, what this says is if your husband dies first and he was bringing in more Social Security than your own benefit, you get to step into his shoes and you'll get a higher payment. But the condition is it's the amount your husband was claiming so if hubby claims at age 62, which is the earliest he can claim, that locks in a permanently reduced income benefit that will become yours if you become the widow. So it is a really big decision when your husband claims, even if he's tired, you know, even if he'd rather be retired than working, um, he can retire. He just can't claim Social Security, you know, without it impacting or potentially impacting his wife, if she's the one who becomes a widow. And Jeremy, I just find it stunning that still today, almost a third of men claim Social Security at 62. Now, I can't tell you that they're all married. It's just men and women. They both claim at 62, so they're locking in 25 to 30% permanently reduced income from Social Security because they can't wait to take it. Yeah, and well, that's twenty five you know, to thirty percent lower than the full retirement yeah. age. Uh, if they right. could wait, right? They could wait. They could wait. Yes. Yeah. And again, if you see it in a plan and see that implication, because not only are you getting less Social Security, which is one piece of the equation, but in order to pay your bills on a plan, you would see that you're also drawing from your own personal savings at a much higher mm -hmm. rate than maybe you had thought you were going to be pulling out. And so it's got multiple layering effect. And if she's the widow at the end of things, um, she's the one who really gets cut short with less personal savings because they've used it and less social security. Well, yeah, we've, we've done the math. The difference is it could be 77% higher. Social security could be 77% higher for the widow, especially depending on whether that first person took it at 62 or all the way at 70. So that's a, that's a huge, huge difference. And we're not that, saying that you have to do that, uh, but 77%, uh, maybe it's worth thinking about trying to figure out what's the best thing uh, for you as a couple, uh, really. Yeah, that you are spot on, Jeremy. And it sounds really tempting when you see those numbers, like, oh, 77% more in income, let's do that. But the reality is, most people can't wait until 70. You know, they're mm -hmm. not working. Their employers don't keep them on. So they do retire more at 66 or 67. Um, but even waiting one year longer gives yeah. you an 8% bump in your income. Mm -hmm. So if you're thinking about, should I retire? Or, or, you know, I really like my job. Everything's going well. And you can wait for one year after your full retirement age. 
even that gives you a big boost. So, yeah. you know, it's it's all good. Good. Well, we talked about the problems in a way, especially uh, how Social Security affects women with the wage gap, the mom gap, the widow gap. What What do you think are mm-hmm. some solutions? How do these uh, ladies ch- change things around or, or just take control of what Social Security could do for them? Well, the very first thing I think everyone should do is get onto Social Security's website, ssa.gov, mm-hmm. and there's a, an icon right on the homepage called My Social Security. You set up your account, it's a private account, it takes two minutes to set this up, and you get your very own statement so that you can see what Social Security is already projecting for you, for your income, it shows you every year of your earnings. So. If you do have a few years of earnings, um, you now know, maybe you're only 50. It's like, oh, right, I took two years out when we had the kids back then, or three years. Geez, I need to work three years longer. You know, so it it helps you make decisions and and smart decisions Mm -hmm. and knowledgeable decisions. So that's the first thing. Get your statement, look at it, make decisions from it. The second, if you are part of a married couple, you need to talk to each other. Um, not always that easy, right? You're busy and you've got many other things to talk about, but it is planning for retirement. It, it takes a little bit of work, a little bit of conversation. And then if you can run the numbers so you see what we're talking about here, you know, what I mean, even on your social security statement, it shows you how much money you get at your full retirement age, which is the anchor age. Um, that's a, between 66 and 67 for all of us now. So you see how much you get there, how much less you get at 62, and how much more you'll get at 70. So Social Security arms you with those three pieces of estimates and those three pieces of information. So you know, know that, understand that. And then I think you probably do this with your clients, Jeremy, is talk about how much you're really going to spend in retirement. Retirement is not cheap. It is also not free. So you know, we really have to start putting just some high level numbers together. And if you're spending, you know, X dollars in retirement, just to keep your household afloat, but you're getting less than X from Social Security, which most of us will, well, there's a gap. Where, how are you gonna pay for the rest? You know, that's the planning piece. And that's critically important. Um, the other yeah. thing I'd say for women, and this applies to men as well, if you're divorced or if you're widowed, you need to know what your options are with Social Security. They're different than if you're that quote traditionally married couple. So if you're divorced, you have very likely an ability to claim on your ex so long as that marriage was 10 years or longer. So lots of divorced people don't know that. You know, widows don't often know that they have a decision to make and they can claim a lesser benefit early and then switch to the higher benefit later. So in other words, take their own benefit maybe first and then switch to the survivor higher benefit later. Or it might work the other way. Take a survivor benefit first and let your own benefit grow until age 70 where you get the maximum amount. But there's there's some decision-making to go on here. So those are a few of the things that I think are so important for women to oh, yeah. get in this game and really think about their benefit and their overall income need. Mm-hmm. Well, running the numbers is so incredibly important. Running the numbers with someone that knows what they're talking about and, and doing is so incredibly important. Um, 
I love the idea of figuring out social security, uh, different things and, uh, do a lot of research. And one thing you turned me on to was this, um, NSSA designation. I, I, yes. uh, to tell you, Marsha, I signed up for it. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the classes, uh, next week, but tell us a little bit about that. What is this designation about, about social security? Yeah, this is, uh, I looked and looked for a designation uh, or some type of, you know, expert training to make sure I was really sure what I was, you know, researching. So the National Social Security Advisor designation is a professional accredited designation for financial advisors or those of us in the financial education world um, where you get in-depth training about Social Security what it's for, how it's used, how the calculations work, so that we can better educate the public and the clients so that they're making good decisions. Um, there are a couple of levels of the classes as well. There's the, I guess, the foundation level, and then you take a test. And then I've d taken the advanced class as well. And that's where you really get into more of the the nuts and bolts of the nuances around social security. It's incredibly complicated. I mean, I have the, mm -hmm. the law book sitting in my office and there are 4,900 pages oh, of goodness. law text that is today the social security act. So That's it crazy. is very big. Yeah. We won't yeah, learn all well, 4,900 pages in the, in the certification, Jeremy. So <laughs> don't, don't let me scare you off there. One day, one day. Well, just one shows day, how right. important it is. Uh, we talk to people yeah. about Social Security all the time, and just about everyone walks in with this preconceived notion of I'm taking it at 62 or <laughs> I'm waiting till my full retirement because I want the most at my full retirement. Well, did you know mm -hmm. your most is not at your full retirement? <laughs> Uh, right. It just shows that you can't go on what you've heard. You've got to go based on the numbers. And those numbers are looking at things together, you know, husband and wife, the spouses uh, together on it and work with someone mm -hmm. that knows what they're they're talking about. I don't know how many times yep. I've seen somebody um, take a social security amount uh, because uh, they've just did what their brother did or their advisor mm -hmm. said, oh, whatever you want to do. I've heard that from advisors. I'll just tell them yeah. uh, what they want to hear. Uh, no, sometimes what they need to hear is here's what the numbers say and let's do the math and help you uh, figure it out. Uh, or two, that there's so many things that people might be uh, missing out on uh, when we're talking to especially the uh, anyone that walks in on their own. Uh, we tell them, uh, even if they're coming in as a couple, actually, uh, we tell them, mm -hmm. we're not therapists, but we are going to ask you about your past relationships. <laughs> it's amazing uh, what benefits are out there. Uh, just last week, we had someone, he was a, a man, he came in, and we started talking about these different things, and turns out he's widowed, and then also mm -hmm. turns out uh, that his current advisor did not tell him he could start his spouse, I'm sorry, his survivor, Social Security, at 66 well, now he's 71. He missed out on four years of survivor Social Security. I don't know what it could have. It could have been 60,000, could have been 100 grand he missed out yeah. because he didn't know. Maybe his advisor didn't know. Maybe his advisor didn't uh, tell him that. And we've had several times wow. too. Uh, people come in, they're, they're single. We start asking questions and, and we preface it saying, hey, this is important for you. Uh, trust us. We're just going to ask some things. Again, not therapists, but just let's ask mm -hmm. about some past relationships. And we found out, oh, yeah, you were married for 10 years. 40 years ago, you're, you got divorced. Your ex-spouse died. You're eligible for 
the survivor benefit from your ex-spouse or you're eligible yeah. for the ex-spouse benefit if you are still, uh, if they're still alive, you're still not married. It's just amazing these benefits that are there that you just have to go uh, and find them. It's so true. And what you're describing, it, it applies to men as well, but these laws are there to protect women. You know, because mm-hmm. again, back then, back in the day, it was the women who were left as widows and and such. And yeah, it's so fascinating. People go, no, no, I was married to that guy in the 1970s. It doesn't matter. No, it yeah, matters. It mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it really does. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's quite a, that's so that's disappointing amazing. for that gentleman oh, no. who missed out on four mm-hmm. years of benefits that he was rightly entitled to. He was. It's too late. It's really too yeah, late. I thought it was late. too late. I double checked. And actually, I called mm-hmm. into the NSSA to say, hey, I'm signing up. Can you give me a quick bit mm-hmm. of advice? And yeah, they confirmed yeah. It, uh, how yeah. it, how it worked out. Mm. Wow. Well, good for you for calling. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, you don't always uh, know it all. <laughs> and so you got to go uh, trust some other people that have taken the time to, to learn it. Yeah, yeah well, we've got to start wrapping uh, things up and we're going to make sure everyone's got access uh, in the show notes uh, to uh, how to find your book, what's the deal with retirement planning for women, uh, the Social Security for Women book, uh, your blog, mm-hmm. and things like that. But if you wouldn't mind uh, finishing up on something that we talked about earlier uh, before the call, uh, you and I had a call ahead of time. And it seems like when you're talking with uh, consumers, when I'm talking with, with clients, the, the one bit of advice or one bit of planning that they go through with social security is just to figure out what's my break even, you know, what's my break even oh. on, on deciding to wait on social security. And you've got just a great uh, way to approach that. Would you mind finishing with just going through that part? No, I don't mind at all. Um, as you know, from our conversation, I am not at all a fan of this idea of break even with social security. Social Security has one and only one purpose, and that is to deliver a modest amount of monthly income for you and your spouse when you're in retirement. It's monthly income. It is not an investment. So I think what you're referring to, Jeremy, is when we were chatting, I was saying, you know, you don't look to break even on your homeowner's insurance, right, or your car insurance. You know, I've lived in a house now for, I don't know, 35 years. And I think maybe one time we needed to tap homeowner's insurance for a, a ice dam that happened in the winter. And that was it. Well, we've paid in now, as you can imagine, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And maybe we got $10,000 out. But I'm not going to go and complain to the insurance company that I haven't broken even. It's the same idea. Social Security is insurance. It's insurance that you will live in retirement in old age and have a modest paycheck coming in. So it isn't about breaking even, it's about getting the best amount that works for you for monthly income throughout a long retirement. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. I, I loved, I, when you said that earlier, I thought I, I've got to take that approach because I haven't quite, I've tried to maybe um, combat it and say, well, let's, you're breaking even amount, let's talk, let's talk the numbers. But mm-hmm. it's just a different approach. Social Security is really uh, old age insurance, if you want to think of it that way. So let's approach it. And that's actually that what way. it's called. Yeah. Old age and survivors <laughs> insurance. That yeah. is the formal name of the program. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, good. Awesome. Well, well thank you, Marsha, for uh, being on here. We've loved, uh, loved talking with you. I'm sure everyone is far more uh, educated. I'm more educated 
uh, from from listening to you here. I know Eric certainly enjoys having you on. Thank you, Marcia, for being being here on the show. Thank you so much for inviting me, Jeremy. This was really a pleasure. I want to say thank you to both of you. Um, Jeremy, obviously, thank you for bringing Marcia on. Marcia, I, I can tell you, he's had some great guests on before, but you are the most passionate guest I've heard. I mean, <laughs> obviously, this is something that is near and dear to your heart and that you are an educator in your soul, right? Am I am I am oh, I wrong there? Or you're am I right? spot on. No, yeah. Eric, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, thank you so much for being here. And, and again, Jeremy, thank you for bringing her on. What what a great connection. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, this is this is great. You bet. And the last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast with Jeremy Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. And let's face it, this is the podcast to share. Um, if you've got anybody that's getting close to that age, I we were talking before the podcast and I shared with Marsha that I have a family member that, you know what, if I had known this three years ago, just three years ago, I would have been able to help her navigate when to take Social Security because she didn't need to take it as early as she did. And she's really missing out on some on, on some amazing benefits. So please share this podcast with friends and family that are approaching that timeline. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. Content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.